Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Yeah, come on, Local City. Give it up for Children's Cup and everything that they're doing. We're super thankful that that is one of the missions partners that we're really, really leaning into uh, over 2023. And one of the things that I love about it is I think it's so important for all of us to go see that God's doing something all, all over the world, not just here. And to be able to see what God's doing in third world countries is truly powerful. And as we step into today, it's a very special morning. And so I'm going to introduce what this morning is at the beginning. And then as through the message, maybe God speaks to you. Maybe you feel moved today. Uh, Today is our heart for the house Sunday, where at the end of the year, we bring our best gift above our normal tithes and offerings to the Lord to say that our heart beats for this house. Our heart is moved by things like Children's Cup and some of the other initiatives I'm going to talk about. Because Heart for the House has three different buckets that we're trying to fill up for 2023 to get started. And really, what we believe, we pray the the verse from Ephesians, that God can do way more than we ask or think or imagine. And the way that that happens is through our generosity. Generosity moves the kingdom of God in a powerful way. And so we have three buckets that we pour into our world, our city, and our home. And Children's Cup is one of the initiatives under our world that we're going to be pouring into for 2023. We sponsor what's called a care point there where kids are fed and there's a church organization there and there's a school there that trains them up and teaches them things and truly makes a difference in their lives to actually begin to do those leadership and educational things so that we can break generational poverty over their lives or dependency and things like that. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to go visit, take a team of people on a mission trip next year to visit that care point and see what God is doing firsthand. Because we believe that we want to build the church not just here in Tampa, but all over the world. Can I get a good amen if you believe that today? And so that's one of the first things we're doing. The second thing, we've been talking about this a lot, is every year during Heart for the House, the very first thing that we give to, like we have a financial goal we'd love to meet today and through the end of the year. But one of the things we take, the first thing that we give to is through what we call an organization called the Plant International that builds a physical church building for a community church that meets under a tree out in the bush of Africa in Kenya for the Maasai people. And this week, he didn't know if he was going to be able to get it to me in time, but our missionary there, Pastor Wayne, sent me pictures of the church and the church that meets under a tree where we're going to be building that physical building next year. If you can throw those pictures up there for me right here is where we're going to be building a physical church building for this community of people who meet under a tree, who have the brush surrounding them there to protect them from wildlife. Come on, somebody. We know sometimes our reasons for not coming to church are a little bit less significant than these, but they're still there meeting God, experiencing Him. And it reminds us, number one, to be thankful for what we have. But number two, man, if we can make a difference, if we can build something for them, we're going to do it. And I love for a lot of these people, a lot of the kids that you see sitting on the front row here, the very first building they're ever going to step into is going to be a church. The building that you're going to be able to see, the only building you're going to be able to see for miles is going to be a church. And we believe we can make a difference with that. And we can build this thing, and it's going to be beautiful. We've already done one, and now we're addicted to it. So we're going to do a second one. And just to celebrate it, we did, we did one, and Pastor Wayne told me, if you do one, God will bring you a miracle as well. 
And he did with our local city HQ. And he did with the future of what our house is gonna be able to accomplish. The second thing is our city. We believe we're in the city of Tampa for a reason. And yesterday, as RJ mentioned, we had this outreach that we call Affordable Christmas that we partner with. And just to give you some big numbers of what Affordable Christmas did yesterday, we were able to help over 59 families and 190 kids have Christmas presents on Christmas morning. Come on, somebody. That's worth a shout of praise and an honor that we get to be a part of it. But when you get down to the individual lives that are touched by this, we get to see how our church is making a difference. And so one of those families and three of those kids, the reason they were at this outreach is because of our Thanksgiving outreach. Now, if you know what we did during Thanksgiving, we take Thanksgiving meals out to families and we pack a box for them and we do free laundry for them at a laundromat. It's a whole morning. And one of our volunteers got connected to a mom by the name of Tanya, single mom who has three kids, seven, five, and three years old. And she told her about Affordable Christmas and Tanya said, if I, can, if I can go, I would love to. And so we got her set up to go, and she shopped yesterday for her three kids. And now three kids on Christmas morning are going to wake up with gifts because of local city church caring about that one individual life and that one single mom who needed some help this Christmas season. We want to do more of that. We want to see more families touched like that in our city and in our community right around here because the need is great. And the third thing is our home. Now, maybe if it's your first time, you didn't hear this last week, or if you missed last Sunday, we have the awesome opportunity to move to a new home on January 8th of 2023. And let me give you the bullet points why. First reason is, as you can see with these babies didn't get getting dedicated, we've outgrown our kids area over here in the hallway because our kids team has done such a great job. And we need bigger kids spaces. So this new school that we're going to be moving to, Wilson Middle School in Hyde Park, just a few minutes away, is going to have much bigger kids spaces for us to create an even better church environment than we do now. They'll play a little video behind me as I'll talk so you can see what it's going to look like. But the other reason is, is that we always wanted to be a blessing to the school that we meet in. And so we've been at Hillsborough, and I'm going to talk how we're going to be a blessing next week. But at Wilson, they are going to allow us to install all of our production equipment, all of our sound and lighting, which is going to make Sundays a lot easier for our setup team. But also it's going to bless that school Monday through Friday. So when teachers walk in and kids walk in, hey, where did all this new equipment come, came from? Where did this come from? The church that meets here on Sundays. They just want to be a blessing. They care about us. They care about you. They care about what's going on here. That is what the the church is called to do, and that's what we're going to do through our Heart for the House offering as we help renovate and get excited for our new home at Wilson Middle. It's beautiful. It's a great spot. It's right in Hyde Park. You can walk to some beautiful restaurants right afterwards, too. That's going to be on January 8th, so we have one more Sunday at Hillsborough next week. But man, it's amazing to see. And one of the reasons I love Local City Church is because we have vision for the future. We believe the future can be better. That's what hope is all about. And I believe that the church is one of the most important things in our life and in our world. And before we jump into the message, let me show you one last thing as you pray over the next 20 minutes as I share a quick message as we bring our heart for the house offering at the end of today. I saw this stat shared by a pastor friend of mine, and I want to share it with you today, just about the power of the church and how important the church is to our city and our world and pretty much everything that helps people and cares for those around us. Can you throw that quote up for me? What it talks about is the philanthropy of the church and what God does through the church week in and week out and year after year. It says this, Christian philanthropy accounted for 70% 
of all American philanthropy in 2022 at $300 billion total. Christians also outgave the U.S. government in addressing global poverty. And this research was done by Barna, one of the biggest survey institutions in the entire country. Whatever folks might say or think, the church remains a seismic value add to the world. Come on, local city, we're a part of that. Come on, two, $300 billion total? Imagine if that wasn't given. Imagine if that wasn't spread out into our cities and our communities and our country. Come on, the church is alive and well and doing great things. So let's pray and open up the message today. Father, we thank you so much to hear in this place. And as we give, I pray, as we give at the end of today, I pray no one would feel pressure, but I pray they would see the purpose in it. We would give and we would see you move. We love you, Lord. We trust you today. In Jesus' name, we all say, come on, give me a good amen, local city. Let's get ready for the message today. Come on. I'm excited for these next two weeks as we start a collection of talks called Mary and Bright. Mary and Bright. Now, we've said Merry Christmas here. And I love the statement that comes during Christmas time from one of our favorite Christmas carols. The title of today's message is May Your Days Be Merry. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, hey, I want your days to be merry. I want your days to be merry. I want them to be filled with joy. I want them to be happy. I want you to enjoy your life. And guess what? That's an important message for us today. And I pray that you would hold on to that as you're in church. I pray today you would realize that you can enjoy this place and you can enjoy what God is doing in your life. Jonathan, you're good, man. You can go take a rest, man. Doing a good job. Give it up for Jonathan, everybody. Just playing the keys back there, sounding nice. Does make me sound more spiritual, but it doesn't have to be so heavy at the beginning of the message. I think sometimes it's important just to shout something with urgency that is important. And I think our world could take a deep breath and give themselves a break a little bit and not take themselves so seriously. We take everything so seriously now in life. Seems like nobody laughs anymore. Nobody can just have a vibrant, life-giving, light conversation about difficult things sometimes, where we can just enjoy who we are and enjoy the Christmas season. Sometimes I think you gotta, just got to shout, hey, we can enjoy our life and have fun in church. It's the way God created it. I remember one time I was sitting in Starbucks having a meeting with someone, and in the back of the kitchen, smoke started to come out of the kitchen, kind of scary, right? And one of the employees, you know, came out from behind the kitchen and came over to our table. And, you know, if you know us, if you've ever worked at Starbucks, maybe you're trained to be this way. But they came up to me and they were like, hey, um, we're having a little bit of a mechanical issue in the kitchen. Um, there's a little bit of a fire back there. And so we're going to need you to, I'm so sorry, we're going to need you to get up and exit the building. And at that time, they had called the fire department, and the fire department showed up, and the fireman came and was like, hey, what are you doing in here? Get out! There's a fire in the back. Let's go! Evacuate out of this building. It's not safe. And I think sometimes we want to tell people, hey, you know, I know I'm sorry about this, but you know, you can laugh a little bit. You can enjoy your life. No, no. I feel like sometimes God is saying, hey, everybody, I created you to have a full enjoyment style of life, and that's okay. You got to get out of, you got to get up and get out of this old stuff and get out of this boring stuff and start to live the vibrant life I created for you. So your days can be merry. Your days can be full of life. It's what Christmas is all about, that Jesus came to give us life and show us what it would be like if God walked this earth. One of my favorite people to lean into in the Christmas story is, of course, Jesus, but also Jesus' mom, Mary. It coincides with the message of our 
The title of our message today, may your days be merry. Now, Mary, above anybody else in this story besides Jesus, because he was a baby, had a lot of pressure on her to make the Christmas story happen, to live out what God had called her to do. If you don't know the story, God showed up to her by the angel Gabriel, who is God's messenger. And Gabriel tells Mary that she is going to birth the Son of God, the Savior of the world. What an intense dream. I'm glad I can't remember my dreams because, woof, that one may make me just give up right there. But you have to realize she's 16, 17 years old at the time. She's not married. And culturally, this would be seen as a very negative but also sinful thing, that God would have nothing to do with that. Imagine the conversations she has to have with who she's engaged to, Joseph. She goes up to Joseph and says, hey, God told me that I'm going to have his baby. What? You begin to visually show. I mean, when you're pregnant, you visually show. I've had two of them. You know, I would know. Um, and the thing is, when people begin to ask you, oh, I'm having the Son of God. That's my baby. What? Imagine the side-eye glances and the judgment that she had to walk through, let alone all the physical pain. Again, if you have a nativity scene, you realize that Jesus was born in a very humble place around animals, not the cleanliness of delivery rooms out there. And she went through all this because she realized, man, if God is telling me to do it, I'm going to do it. And what I love about her heart is that through it all, she never loses the choice to be joyful in these moments. And her words of joy and encouragement speak to us today. Look what she says, and we're going to start a little conversation here. In Luke chapter 1, Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is also pregnant with a guy in the Bible by the name of John the Baptist. And here's the thing Elizabeth says to Mary. says, you are blessed because you believed what the Lord would, that the Lord would do what he said. I mean, that's a message right there for you. You want to be blessed? Just believe God is going to do what he says. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. And he has done great things for me, and he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. Write this down for me today. Is that life is often difficult. Life in this world is often difficult. We get that. Life is hard. We're going to have difficult days. We're going to have hard moments. We're going to have days where we don't want to get out of bed or we don't want to go to work because we feel defeated or we feel anxious or stressed or depressed or whatever it may be. It's difficult. But here's the thing. Living with God's constant presence and eternal hope allows us to experience joy no matter what we face. I don't know what you're facing today, and I would never demean it or diminish it. But I want you to know, compared to the constant presence of God in your life and the eternal hope that he's given you in Jesus, man, it doesn't hold a candle. Man, it has no power over you. You can find freedom in it today, and you can find freedom as you walk through it and out of it. You can find joy in it. Because God might be doing something in you. God might be doing something in us in these difficult times. What is God's constant presence in our life? It's why he sent his son Jesus. That when those cries rung out from that little manger, it was to remind us and show us how far God is willing to go to be with his people and to bring us back into his family. It's to remind us of not the momentary hope that we have, but the eternal, forever, significant hope that you and I have access to, and as we say at Local City, that hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. 
So here's what I want for you today. Every time you hear the word Mary, from now on, M-E-R-R-Y, I want you to think of this statement. Jesus brings joy. I don't know how you grew up in church, but I grew up in a pretty stuffy church, and, and I went to a private school. I had to wear uniforms, yelled at me if my shirt wasn't tucked in, I had to be quiet in class, which was hard for me. It's hard for my son now, like father, like son, right? And I grew up in church, you know, you didn't speak, you didn't, you didn't laugh, you just kind of sat there and, and whatever. It wasn't fun, I didn't enjoy it. But that's not God's purpose for what we do on Sundays. It's not, it's not his purpose for your life. God wants you to have joy. He wants you to smile. He wants you to laugh. The Bible tells us that Jesus' disciples literally had to pull kids off of him because he was so much fun. I have a four-and-a-half-year-old. He doesn't want to be anyone, around anyone who's telling him what to do, to sit down, be quiet, and listen to what I have to say. That doesn't work with a kid. Trust me, I've tried. I'll probably try today, right? It doesn't work. Kids want to be around someone who is joyful, who is merry, who laughs and has fun, and that was Jesus. And the kids wanted to be around him because he brought joy. And one of the things that I want us to lean into as a church over the next two weeks as we lead up to Christmas is in Christmas we call this season the Advent season. And write this down for me today. Advent simply means the arrival of someone or something. And the birth of Jesus is the most significant arrival in history. You ever have everyone, anyone that, that maybe in your friend circle that when they show up to a party they like to make a scene when they walk in? Like they walk in that are like, yep, party can start, I'm here. Maybe they, actually, maybe they actually say that, which is weird. Or maybe they just have that posture or that persona like, all right, party can start, I've arrived, let's go. And when they think their arrival is significant or they need to be paid attention to. Well, the most significant arrival in history is the birth of Jesus. And it is the greatest message of good news that anyone will ever hear. To realize that the Son of God has closed the distance between heaven and earth and now walks among us. That the Creator has stepped into His creation. And for us, I want us to really pay attention to that. And what we gave you today is you have that little pamphlet kind of brochure-looking thing. And what it is, it's a little tool that we wanted to give you just as a, as a, hey, read this along with us. It's a Behold 14-day Christmas devotional. The reason we've entitled it Behold is because Behold is the theme of our Christmas Eve service. Uh, coming up on Christmas Eve, 5.30 p.m. right down the street at Watermark Church is our Christmas Eve candlelight service. It's a beautiful time together. Bring the whole family. It is one of my favorite services of the entire year, and it's called Behold, the King is Here. The arrival has happened. So when you open this up, it gives you a couple things, and when you open it up, there's a little QR code on the left for you. And that will bring you to a Bible plan in the YouVersion Bible app that you can read alongside our church. And they have a little talk it over section where you can comment what God is doing or what God spoke to you that day. And each reading is only a few minutes long. And if you're really saying, God, I want more of you in my life and I want to hear your voice in my life, man, give God the next 14 days and see what he does through these little devotionals and scriptures that you can read, that you can lean into. It comes from this whole idea from John 1.14 that Jesus has come to make his home among us. And because of that, we can simply choose to be merry in our life. 
And again, we, think, we look into the, this Christmas story, and we see just these awesome messages and people that are reached. And that happens with, again, another one of my favorite group of people in the story. They're at the nativity scene for sure. And that is the shepherds. If you look in Luke chapter 2 up on the screen, it says this, Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, because it was just as the angel has told them. What I love about that and end of that verse is, man, when joy overtakes you and you get to see something miraculous and amazing, you're just telling anyone. And I love what it says in the bottom of that story is that the shepherd went back to their flocks. Now, who were their flocks? Sheep. So they're going back to their sheep saying, hey, guys, guess what? We just saw Jesus. The sheep are probably like just, you know, but they're just so excited. They're just telling anyone that breathes and moves, hey, Jesus is here. The son of God has arrived and we got to see him. Can you believe it? You know? Right? But they, I'm sure they kept telling people and telling their other shepherd friends and telling their friends and family that Jesus is here. Because when you have an interaction with Jesus, you cannot stay quiet about it. When you have a moment and an experience with the Son of God and he moves you from death to life, from outside to inside, when he moves you into the family of God, you can't help but share about it. You don't know what you're saying or maybe you don't know all the stuff yet, but you just know something significant and real happened, and I can't be quiet about it. I can't be quiet about what God's done in my life. I can't believe, I can't, I can't be quiet about how much Jesus has saved me from and saved me for. Today is Baptism Sunday. We're going to celebrate a life change today from death to life, from old to new. And man, if you want to get baptized today, we got some, we got some clothes for you. We'll give it to you because we believe that's an outward declaration of, man, Jesus has done something inside of me, and I got to tell people about it. And I got to show people that it's real and that it's powerful and that it's made a difference in my life. When you begin to understand that, you grab a hold of it, man, it's amazing how it just takes over your life. And you'd be willing to talk to sheep for hours about the baby you just saw in a little manger and that he, how he is the savior of the world. I can't believe it. And I love what the shepherds say. It was just as the angel said, can I tell you today that you're going to find in your life that when you listen to what God is saying and listen to what he's speaking to you, just as Elizabeth said to Mary and just as the shepherds said to themselves and their sheep, it was just as God said. It was just as he said. It wasn't too good to be true. It was more amazing than I could possibly imagine. And today, where I want you to find Mary and Joy this Christmas season and his three symbols, and I want to give them to you quickly as we begin to finish. The first thing is the manger, where Jesus was born. And that signifies the humility of Jesus. God is not sitting far away on some cloud with his arms crossed, saying, get your life right, then I'll pay attention to you. He says, no, I love you whether you believe in me or not. I love you whether you turn your back on me or not, and I'm here for you. 
and I've forgiven you and provided you a way to get free in your life through my son Jesus. In Philippians, it tells us that Jesus stepped down from heaven, gave up all of his heavenly position to step into earth and to show us what it would look like to see someone live who is fully man and fully God. Complete humility. Laid it all down. I love being around humble people because they just add so much peace to your life. See, the reason Jesus stepped into a manger was, number one, because that was the place that provided for the animals where they fed. Jesus is the ultimate provision for you and me. But it's also this, that it's a sign that all of us, to all of us, that Jesus is approachable and accessible to everyone who seeks him. Maybe you're here in this place say, yeah, I want to know more about Jesus, Ryan, but you don't know my past. Jesus is still approachable. You may say, I, I do, I, I want to approach Jesus. I want to come to him, but you don't know my mistakes I made. You don't know the doubts and fears and anxieties that I'm dealing with. Uh, Jesus is still accessible to you. Don't worry. He's there for you. And he can make a difference in your life. He, the Bible tells us that multiple times Jesus was moved with compassion. So I believe he didn't have to do this. He wanted to do it. He wanted to step down and show you what the love of God looks like. He had no reservations about it. He was ready. I think about this story back when I was in college at Florida State, which I can say proudly now because our football team's actually pretty good. Um, but I was at Florida State years ago, and I remember my freshman year, uh, I was hanging out with a friend. We were out late, and we were coming back to our dorm, and when I, we were driving onto campus, there was this one guy on the ground that was just getting punched and beaten by a bunch of other guys. And this guy stood no chance. I mean, he was, I mean, five against one, nothing's happening in that scenario. And I remember I leaned over to my friend. I, you know, I slapped him on the shoulder. I said, hey, man, stop the car. He's like, what? I said, stop the car. And he said, okay. And he stopped the car. And I got out. I threw open the door. And I stared at these five guys hurting this dude. And I said, hey, leave him alone. Now, you may be saying, and honestly, you would have the correct observation that that was not a good idea. That was not smart. Because you look, you know, you, I'm up on this stage, but I'm not the most intimidating looking person. I, I get that. That's okay. Maybe that's why I'm a pastor. I want to be inviting, not intimidating, okay? And in that moment, I invited those five guys to turn their anger and attention from that guy to me. But I tell you, in that moment, I don't know what happened, but I believe something supernatural and powerful happened because there's no other reason to explain this because I wasn't the police. I was just little old freshman in college me. All those guys looked in my direction and completely sprinted the other way. And I ran up to this guy and said, hey, man, are you okay? And he was a little bit out of it because he thought I was trying to hurt him. I said, hey, man, are you okay? I'll let us help you get back to your dorm. And we did. And I don't know what came over me in that moment, but I knew I had to do something. See, when Jesus was sitting in heaven, he realized, man, God, we got to do something. And God already had a plan. See, when Jesus steps into your life and you realize he's approachable and accessible, man, you got to do something. You can't just see hurt and you continue to drive by. You can't just see hopelessness and you just roll up the window and go the other way. You have to do something. And Jesus is constantly giving us direction on how to do that. Steps into, that moves into the second symbol, which is the star. Which is, I said star twice, but it's supposed to say the glory of Jesus. The star symbolizing the glory of Jesus. That we have been invited to share a presence with the glorious King of kings and Lord of lords. That the star gave direction. That's what we're going to talk about next week. That the star was bright and it showed the wise men the way to go. Maybe you feel like you're lost today. 
Maybe you feel like you're that guy in my story where you're just getting beat down by five different things of life right now, and you just need someone to shout, hey, leave him alone. Well, the star was that in that moment because Jesus is a king. He is our king, and he's a king like no other because he is our light when things are dark. Every other light you turn to will eventually burn out. Every other light in your life that's other than Jesus will eventually let you down or eventually the darkness has the potential to overcome it. There is only one divine light in your life that will shine amidst the darkest of nights and the darkest of days, and that is the star and glory of Jesus in your life. In the most deepest, dark moments of my life, in my most lost and broken moments, I've realized that all I have to do is turn my attention to the star, to the symbol, to the glory of Jesus, and be reminded that there is a bright future ahead of me, and that the darkness of evil cannot overcome the light of Jesus in my life. Can I encourage you today? You may walk out and darkness still may be going on, but you will have a light to look to and that light will shine brighter and brighter as you approach and access Jesus. Because he is a king, not a baby anymore. He's a king and he's the king of kings and Lord of lords. He has conquered death and he is alive today. He has forgiven you and set you free. And when life's beating you down, he says, hey, leave alone. I got this. And he gets you back up and gets you home. And what's our response? What's number three? Symbol, the gifts, the worship of Jesus. I talked to you about my son, Shepard, and we're having a lot of fun with him. Not a lot of frustration too, but that's parenting. We love it. It It's crazy. But some moments, man, God just slaps you right in the face of how amazing kids are and how much they're an example of the love and joy of Jesus. I've been telling this story to anyone who will listen, so I have the mic, so you gotta listen to this story. So a couple weeks ago, it was uh, we do like fun stuff on Sundays, because again, you can enjoy church, not have to endure it, and it was Popsicle Sunday, and uh, we, I had to, we had to had stored some Popsicles at our house, because we don't really have a freezer here at the school, and we were bringing them over. And uh, my mom, who, who uh, is here today, brought Shepard uh, with the, co- the cooler of all the Popsicles. And he was really excited to wheel the cooler in. And he was, and people were trying, hey, Shepard, I'll take that cooler. No, 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 I got it. I got to bring it to Daddy. And so he brings it to me, and he's like, Daddy, here are the popsicles for today. Awesome, buddy. And then I just gave them to the person who was trying to take it from him in the first place so they could do what we needed to do with it. But my mom, after church, she told me, hey, I got to tell you something really special that Shepard did. And she said, when we were loading all the popsicles into the cooler, he grabbed one out of his box of popsicles. And when he was placing it in the, in the cooler, I told him, hey, hey Shepard, that's one of yours. And this is what my son said to my, to my mom. He says, well, I want to make sure everybody has enough. So if I got to give one of my own, I'll, I'll do that. He's four and a half. Understands the generosity and what he's been given. And I fear sometimes we lose that as we get older. We think, no, no, it's about, I got to, no, no, he calls her Nana. No, Nana, there's only a few popsicles left. And I want that. No, 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 for somebody else. I fear as we get older, we begin to look more of what's in our freezer, what's in our cooler, what's in our pocket, rather than saying, I just want to make sure someone else has enough. I want to make sure someone else knows the Jesus that's changed my life. You see, when you truly understand the arrival of Jesus, we will no longer have a casual approach to him in our lives. When you understand that Jesus saved you 
from death and destruction and has forgiven you of your sins, freed you from death into life, you don't have a casual approach to that anymore. Imagine if you were drowning or you are about to get hit by a car and at the last second someone reached out and pulled you out from your drowning or pushed you out of the way from an oncoming car. You would not have a casual approach to them. You wouldn't just say, oh, thanks, see you around. You would realize because of that person, I'm able to go home and see my wife. Because of that person, I'm able to have another day with my kids. Because of that person, I still have breath in my lungs. And listen, I know life is hard, but we cannot have a casual approach to Jesus. As we're going to talk about next week, there was this group of people that followed Jesus, and they didn't even see him. All they saw was his star. And in Matthew 2.11, here's what it says, that when the wise men arrived, they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Can I be honest with you, local city church? I believe the freedom maybe that you're looking for, the purpose that you're fighting to find, may just be on the other end of you bowing down and say, Jesus, you are Lord and I'm not. Jesus, you are worthy of it all and I'm done trying to do this on my own and make sure I have enough. I'm willing to give whatever it takes and serve you in whatever way it takes. Because I know that's where my days will be merry and filled with joy. And if I can help somebody else, it's worth it. They bowed down and worshiped him. I don't want to have a casual approach to Jesus anymore because he didn't have a casual approach to me. He stepped down from heaven to give me life. He stretched out his arms this wide on the cross and said, you know what, this is how much you're worth, your heavenly father. He went through pain and persecution and insult and injury, beaten beyond recognition, but most importantly than that, took on the sin that was my sin, was blamed for things that I did. And as we sang, when the veil was torn, he paved the way and opened the way so that I can have access to my heavenly father again and be in his family. He didn't have a casual approach to anything. He realized that we were worth it. The Bible tells us that because of the joy before him, Jesus went through all of this. What was the joy before him? You and me and our life so that we could be in the family of God again. It's more than just a little glass nativity set on our table. It's more than just one day a year. It is the arrival of the King of kings and Lord of lords and the Son of God who brought victory over death and freedom from sin so that we can receive it freely and know that we are in the family of God. And he asks us one thing, make sure the person who doesn't know that has enough and they're invited into the family too. Because we can't have a casual approach to it. Willing to do whatever it takes. May your days be merry, and may their days be merry, and we're going to do whatever it takes to do that. And as we give today, this is between you and God. If you want to grab out that Heart for the House card that you have as we close. Honestly, I would just refer back to that story of my little son. Whatever I got to give to make sure someone else has enough, I will do. And there's no pressure to do this, but here's what I would have you do. Just close your eyes with me as the band plays. We're going to sing one last song in just a moment. But just pray, God, what would you have me do today as I read through this card and read through what you want to do? What would you have me do? What part would you have me play? Listen, local city, with your eyes closed, I want, you to, I want to tell you there's no pressure here. If God says no, don't do anything. But if he says yes, whatever amount he gives you, just say yes to that and trust him in this moment. And you can give today or through the rest of the year, but know it's going to go to something powerful. It's going to bring good news to the world. 
Can I pray with you as we give today? Father, you see our hearts and you see what we want to do today. And Father, as we maybe fill this card out and put in that envelope later and drop it off in the offering bin, Father, we just pray that you would move in a powerful way this morning through our giving as our heart beats for this house. And we just want to make sure that someone else has enough, and that enough is Jesus. That hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. We're thankful for you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen. And one last thing before we close today, as I said, you can take that heart for the house card. You can take it with you if you want to pray over the rest of the year what you're going to do, or you can fold it up and put it in that envelope with your gift today, or you can, the four ways to give will be up on the screen. Just make sure you select heart for the house if you give online or if you do Venmo. Just make sure you select heart for the house. As I said, our giving slide will be up there in just a moment. You can scan the QR code. But man, let's make a difference at the end of the year. Let's truly be someone who is building a foundation of what God wants to do because we believe the best is yet to come. And if you believe that, can you give me a good amen as you stand to your feet today? Come on, local city, let's give it up for the beautiful name of Jesus in this place. Let's stand to our feet as we close and bow your heads with me one more time before we sing together. Maybe you're here in this place and today you're... Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.